Get ready for another edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to News and Trends with Dave and Lynn. This is one of your hosts, Mr. David Coker, proprietor of Dave Mark Inc., uh, media specialist, uh, marketing specialist. all around good guy, you name it, I do it. Um, I'm on with my partner, Mr. Leonard Young. Uh, what's going on, sir? Hey, everything is good, Dave. This is Leonard Young, CEO of a National Black Guide, DelawareBlack.com, Black Media Specialist, and all around good guy. How goes it, Dave? How was your Easter? Uh, it was it was good. Um, um actually. Ended up going to a Good Friday service on Friday night and then um, church yesterday. Uh, it was really good. And then, um, so it was a good, it was a good Easter. Uh, um, you know, uh, it's just so funny how Easter has changed. Uh, <laughs> so, um, remember how people used to make a big deal out of it. Now it's just a, another day. As far as the, nobody's dressing up like they used to. Well, some of the bigger churches, I guess they do. They still do that, but you know, it was it was a regular day. I mean, yeah, I know you were probably busy for Easter, right? Yeah, you know, definitely. My wife's family came in town, so um, definitely busy. But I mean, you know, enjoyable. But you know, they mm-hmm. I definitely agree. I feel like all the holidays people don't really celebrate them like they used to. So. No, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure years no, and years a, ago, when a group of people got together, that, you know, they knew that church was a part of Easter Sunday. And now, I mean, yeah. do, do you feel like you had a lot more people in church or a few more? Or... Oh, yeah, it was definitely back in the day. It was a lot more people that would attend. Um, like I t- I remember churches would be packed, um, you know, because you it was funny because you had those specialty church goers. Which would be a, would come for the holiday, you know, and you never see them again, you know, till the following year. But they still would come, you know what I mean? And usually they would bring, you know, other family members, you know, because it'd be a family that would come. You know, you might have your cousins, you might have your parents, you might have a group of people that came with you. Things are so different now. I mean, the traditions. We probably have to do a show about traditions. You know, the traditions that we we came up with seem to one by one just be falling by the wayside. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, even you know, even Christmas. You know, with the gift giving and and the you know watching the kids play and whatever. You know, um, um, you don't see on a Christmas day. I remember. I would look outside or go outside just to see who was outside playing with their new toys or whatever the case may be. You don't right. see that anymore, man. You know, and I'm I'm sure that kids are getting things that they would play outside with, or is it all video games now? Is it all stuff that you know, computers and stuff like that? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure. Like now, it's probably the opposite. So back in the day, you go outside to see what people are playing with. Now you go on <laughs> social media and see what people are posting <laughs> with their pictures. Yeah, that's great. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, know, they they still in their pajamas opening gifts, though they still in their pajamas opening their gifts. (laughs) Um, it's funny, like, I I always tell, I always think about Thanksgiving when I was in college, maybe my second or third year, I made the wise decision to stay um, in the dorm over Thanksgiving, and it was me and another person on the swim team. Our swim coach let us spend the night at his house, He, he had gone out of town. And we kind of spent the night at his house. Dave, the night before Thanksgiving, that that Wednesday, we were riding around looking for something to eat. That Wednesday before Thanksgiving, everything had closed by like 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. We could yeah. not find, like, we actually had to get our food from the gas station. And we're not talking about Wawa, Royal Farm. We're talking about Luke Oil, Exxon, you know. And the next day, 7-Eleven, 
Man, right. The, the the next day, so much stuff was closed. Me and my friend, <laughs> they had like some type of home. Not I won't say it's homeless, but it was like um, Thanksgiving for people who had nowhere to go. You know, like a free Thanksgiving mm -hmm. meal. We went there to get a meal because, you know, we're, we're a broke college student. We didn't have no money. Everything was closed. And I was like, damn, I will never stay in the dorm over Thanksgiving like that. But, you know, now it's not like that. Like now everything is open the day before Thanksgiving. Everything is open the day after. It's crazy. Well, you know, it's funny. Well, a lot of stuff is open now. Cause I remember when I was going to Easter, everything was closed. I mean, you might find a gas station open. But, you know, gas stations then wasn't like they are now, you know, where you can get food and stuff at, in, in them. And, you know, we didn't have Wawa's back then, 7-Eleven's rule. And even a lot of the 7-Eleven's closed back then, you know, the, depending on who who owned them. Um, the, um, you know, all the restaurants were closed. I mean, it was it was crazy. Oh, excuse me. If you didn't have anywhere to go on the Easter you know, for, you know, because Easter, it was always, you know, everything was shut down tight on Easter. You know, for some reason, you could not find anything open. Now, Thanksgiving was a hit and miss type thing. You might find a couple markets open, but they only stayed open, you know, till maybe three. You know, some, you know, they were closed early. Or you might find a couple convenience stores open. You know, you can always, look, I remember eating one Thanksgiving, um, eating Chinese food for Thanksgiving because that was the only thing that oh, was yeah. open. You know? And there was a big mix-up where me and my family was supposed to be going somewhere for Thanksgiving and something happened that we didn't go and we had to scramble and try to find something to eat, man. <laughs> we ended up getting Chinese food, man. So I never right. forget that. You know, so, and they were, you know, of course, we, we spent a ton of money with them, you know, trying to make it look like a big feast, you know? So, right. you know, so... Um, uh, but um, it is what you know. Like I said, traditions, man. They're they're different now. You know, they're they're falling by the wayside. And no matter how hard you try to do, I mean, you got you got younger kids and and so forth. And you know, you can't teach the traditions anymore. You know, because they don't want to. They right. don't want to follow them. You know, just that type of thing. So, but here we are. We made it through Thanksgiving, and um, um. Uh, had some craziness over the weekend over at the Christiana Mall, huh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, you know, that's I guess that's the second time they've had a shooting over there like that. And I tell you, I think I mentioned to you, my son was involved in that first one. My youngest son was there. The, that that one that happened a few years ago on during the Christmas holidays, and he, you know. It was crazy. He told me he had never been so scared in his life, you know, oh, wow. running out, you know, trying to get out of that mall. Yeah. And everybody left their packages there I and know. everything. You know, it was crazy, man. And it took, I mean, he eventually ended up getting what he bought, but, you know, it took a little while. But, um, but you know, and they said that, you know, this particular time, the people were ducking in the back storerooms of the places. Yeah. Sure, the stock yeah. rooms, all that. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, thank God no one died. Uh, um, I know there were a couple of people that went to the hospital, but, um, you know, then there was a, you know, seems like every, every, every day, I, I mean, yesterday there was the uh, Louisville thing that happened. I mean, it's just a lot going on, man. A lot going on, so, and you know, you and I have talked many times about it. See, like every time we do a show, man, there's something that, there's some type of mass shooting or something that happens prior to that, you know. Yeah, and and Dave, you know, I'll tell you, it's crazy because me and my son, we were at the mall earlier that day. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because I'm at, and so the incident happened around six forty three, six forty five. We were there about four thirty. Um, cause you know, we were running errands and, and I was like, well, you know, like what you want, we'll go get you something. And he's like, he wanted Auntie Annie. So we went to the mall specifically for Pretty Auntie impressive. Annie's. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, we left and went to Costco right next door. But you know, the, the one thing I noticed, the mall didn't seem super crowded, 
But Dave, I'll tell you, it took us, and this is like, I'm curious how people got out the mall um, when the incident happened, because when we went earlier, it took us like 25 minutes sitting in, you, you know, it's like one way in, one way out, that main. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel for everybody. I was watching the news clip today and they were showing all the items people left behind, purses, yeah. car yep. keys. I mean, you know, so, I mean, you, you know, people are scared when they leave behind their car keys and their purse, you know, to protect their safety. So. Yeah, because they're trying to get out. Look, they ain't trying to be waiting. <laughs> you know, they're right. trying to, they, yeah, you know, they just trying to get out, man. Um, I only was, uh, I've only been in one situation where I had to run, you know, because somebody had pulled a gun or whatever. And it's just not a good feeling when you just start taking off and running like that. All right. So, definitely. Yeah. So, um, but well, you know, we just gotta, you know, like, you know, we're always gotta say, you know, we're praying for anyone who was hurt because there was a, also something happened in Pennsylvania at a, a festival or whatever they showed that and it was an active shooter at this festival oh wow I mean, okay and you could and they showed on the news all these people running and everything man it was crazy so you know so we just have to pray for all that's going on around the world and in the United States especially with all these shootings and everything so but here we are it's Tuesday. Uh, we're going to try to give you some stories that don't involve shootings, <laughs> you know, so, so uh, you know, to try to stay focused on some things other than that, um, because, of course, if we could always, we could always talk about shootings every time we do a show. So, I mean, so, but here we are. We're going to go ahead and get started with our lineup of stories. Um, let me see. Uh, here's a good um, story that I came across. Pretty interesting. Uh, you know, I'm a little jealous of, of, of this kid already. <laughs> we uh, all are. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, the story is, um, it says, Black Dad buys, gives his 13-year-old son, 40 acres of land in California. He didn't mention a mule, a mule, but uh, he did give him the 40 acres of land. So, and uh, I just want to kind of give you an idea of what happened with this story. Um, it says Muhammad, who is the co-founder, oh, wait, hold on. Uh, Fahim Muhammad, an African-American father, an entrepreneur from San Diego, California, has gifted his son with 40 acres of land on his 13th birthday. Now, get this, Leonard, on his 13th birthday, man. He says that he wants to teach him the importance of land ownership and generational wealth. Um, he said Muhammad is the co-founder of a real estate investment firm. Um, says that he bought the land in 2021 as a place to get away from the city life. We see clear space where we can uninterruptedly enjoy nature, especially growing up in a congested city like L.A. When we are out here, it's totally different, Muhammad told um, CBS. Um, Muhammad said he learned the importance of owning his own property and, and helping his community through mother through his mother, Amina Muhammad, who taught him and his siblings when they were young, taking this as, as an example, he gave his son 40 acres of land when he turned 13 on March the 16th. So this just recently happened. Um, he thought I, he said, I thought it would be a great opportunity to teach him life lessons about the land, he said. His son was excited about the new property, which he envisions to be an open space for camping, he said. You can build, like, ATVs around the whole thing, build a zip line from the mountains. So he's he's got all these fun ideals going yeah. on. You know? So, but think about that. <clears throat> a father goes out and buys 40 acres of land, and he gives it to his son, um, trying to teach his son, the importance of general uh, generational wealth. I get the idea. 
think it's a great idea. Um, they live in a congested areas, um, Los Angeles, but and this is a wide open uh, piece of land, forty acres though. Ooh, thirteen yeah. years old. Right now, look, you know, a guy like me or you would say, man, what we would do with forty acres of land that's like uncultivated, just just sitting there like that. First of all, um, I'm sure it once the story got really out there that they, they probably got a bunch of calls from land developers and everything right away, you know, or why mm -hmm. wouldn't you? you know, seeing how serious this guy is about or is was it a ploy to get people to call and to get money out of people to buy to purchase this land from them. Right. I mean, it, it, it was probably both. You know, I think some part of it is publicity. And then part of it is, you know, the gift that he gave his uh, son, which, I mean, is awesome. And I'm just trying to think if someone gave me 40 acres of land at 13, I probably would not know what to do with it unless they were able to educate me. And, I, you know, I think that's now, you know, when we give our kids things like this, if they don't understand the value and not just, you know, 40 acres of land, I'm sure it costs a lot. Because, you know, there's probably kids turning in acres of land for video games and, uh, you know, avatars or something like that. But um, I, I think it's just great because one thing I always remember, um, a quote is saying, um, land, they're not making any more of it. So, you know, get you <laughs> some land now because... Well, you and, know, and, and, and once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, that's right. And 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 I think with this kid too, just by the things that he said that he would like to do with the land, you know, this kid, this kid is looking at it as being a big playground. Really, I mean, you know, he he's not thinking the corporate type things that a lot of people probably would be thinking. Hey, I'm gonna put some buildings on it. You mm -hmm. know. Put it, you know, put it out there for some bids, you know, to build on it, maybe put a couple houses out there. I don't know. He's talking about making it a fun place, you know. So obviously this kid is not thinking in an adult way because he's talking about making sure there's ATV, you know, he can put ATVs out there and put a zip line out there. I'm like, okay, I'm sure there's some other things you could do with that land, you know. So but so I guess the the other thing uh, I was thinking too, and, and um, I was trying to look for a picture. That land may not be buildable land. So, like when I look at Black oh, News, a there's a picture. Yeah, and, I I I see one on Black News. So a lot of it looks. Yeah. Do you, you see know, the picture, like they're standing the background? Yeah, it's in the background. Yeah. Um. So what well, I mean, it looks like it could be hilly too a little bit, maybe. right? But it's it, but it's wide open space, and you know, yeah, just definitely. talking about the way the father's talking about it, somewhere to go, and we, you know, chill and whatever. That's that's pretty cool. I wonder if it has water on it or anything. Yeah, not yeah. sure. Well, I'm 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 like forty acres. There gotta be a river, stream, pond, something. I would hope. I would hope so too. Yeah, because that would that would be pretty cool. Um, um, but you know this. <laughs> It must be nice though, man. You can uh uh buy your son forty acres. Right. At thirty years old. You know. Exactly. But you'll be doing you'll be doing that soon, man. You'll be you'll be spending well, that time. Well un un unfortunately I probably already missed that Luke, cause my son about to <laughs> Oh well, no, no, no. Actually he turns thirteen in May, but So you got uh, a year. You got a year to do it, man. No, I, I got the a month. Month I know, but but you could do it during his thirteenth. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, yeah. okay. You know, right. so is is you know, so that whole year you got to, you know, so you know, so you just got to get it under under the wire, you know. All right, maybe uh, not I, forty, maybe not forty acres. Maybe you could buy five acres or something yeah. like that. You know. Well, you, you know, let me tell you what, what what's funny. Um, well, kind of funny, not funny. There's places you can go online and you can buy land for very cheap now it's not land that they can build on but you know mm -hmm. it is land that you know you could probably put atvs and stuff like that on especially um arizona um new mexico some of those places that you know you ride by and they just look like desert yeah yeah so i mean and and i mean if you hold it long enough i'm sure at some point 
100 years from now that they'll be building something on it oh i'm sure i'm sure um uh, i i think uh you're probably and i'm sure with in this case it's going to be interesting i bet you we follow the story up in in a few months so i bet you there's going to be something going on with that land right you know yeah i'm sure i'm sure so but that's 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 noble of the father um you know to do something like that for his son um you know of course you know i, I like the significance of the number 40 because we all know you know what that really mm-hmm. truly represents you know right. so right. um so he went out and got his 40 acres yeah. you know <laughs> so and, and- and I was even going to say the significance of number 13, you know, um, I always think like 13 is like when a boy starts to become a man. So, yeah, 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 that's true. That is true. Yeah. So, well, let's let's hope that uh, things go well with that. And then, um, you know, might have to try to check up on him and see how he's doing with that piece of land. Uh, I'll call my little cousin and, and see how he's doing with that land. Uh, you know, <laughs> your, your cousin. He's he gonna be like Uncle Who from 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 where? From Delaware? Yeah, yeah. This is this is uh, Muhammad Coker. I'm giving you a call. Right. You know, I'm just checking. I'm just checking with you to see what's going on. Kim folk. <laughs> you know, that's what you do, Kim folk. You know, so all right. Well. Let's move on to our next story. Um, I came across uh, another another cool story. You know, young people doing some stuff out here now, right now. I mean, you got watch, you got watch these young folks, man. They out here doing some things. So I came across the story of this twenty one year old black entrepreneur, um, entrepreneur um, with autism, who opened a nail school just eight months after opening a beauty bar. And I just want to say a little bit about the story. Uh, her name is Aaliyah Alicia Thompson, a 21-year-old African-American woman. I love how all these stories say African-American. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're scared to say black, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, so, um, with um, autism from Hampton, Georgia, who has defied stereotypes and achieved incredible success as an entrepreneur in the beauty industry. Just eight months after opening a beauty bar, she is now celebrating um, having opened her very own nail school. Okay. Aaliyah has always been passionate about the beauty industry, but she recognized that many individuals still face barriers to chasing um, dreams, chasing their dreams, including limited access, access and resources. With this in mind, she embarked on a mission to open a nail school that catered to people, um, uh, catered to people of all abilities, from um, neurotypical uh, individuals to those with diverse needs. So she's already thinking, you know, right there that she was not going to put the school in a box. Like, you know, and she's going to open it up to all different types of people who had certain needs, you know. Um, Aaliyah's dedication to inclusivity has caught the attention of many in the beauty industry, including McDonald's Black and Positivity, Positively Golden Change Leadership Program, where she currently currently serves as an ambassador. She is currently being featured in a McDonald's commercial that is being aired nationally on BET and other networks with actress, TV personality, Kiki Palmer. So she's 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 moved up and she's made a a lot of strides as far as um as far as this whole um making sure that she is not put in a box and, and labeled as a person who can't do because of, you know, the disability that she has, which hasn't held her back at all. Um, matter of fact, you know, I've learned something about children and kids with autism, especially now. The spectrum for those kids have really, really changed. 
it used to be if you had autism, you know, you were put in a box and you actually stayed in that box. Right. Um, you know, because people just looked at you one way and they just said that you were going to be limited to any growth or potential. Right. Nowadays, mm -hmm. man, you know, between the autism and I'll even throw in people that have Arnsberger's um, uh, um, disease, right, that they are doing big things. I'm telling you. Um, uh, we used to have a kid that used to go to my church. He was probably 10 years old at the time. And I, I think we talked about this when I had my pastor. No, we didn't mention it, but it, I know we had a little contest where we had these students, uh, it's about six or seven young kids that were all involved. He was one of the youngest ones in the contest. And they had to name the 66 books of the Bible or as many as they could. Dave. But we were, huh? I would have failed miserably. Yeah, well, and most people would because most people don't know the 66 books of the Bible. I mean, you know, without looking, you know. And so what happened was me and the pastor was a judge. There was three judges. Me and the pastor happened to be a judge. And, um, you know, we're sitting up there talking and we're up there going back and forth. I already know, I, you know, we we're up there saying who we thought was going to win the competition before it started. Right. And so, uh, um, there were oh, two other judges and they were picking their favorites. And me and the pastor looked at each other and the kid's name, we used to call him Boomer. And Boomer was the autistic child. I said, I think Boomer's going to win this. <laughs> right? And Pastor looked at me and started laughing. He said, you know what? I, I, I'm with you. I think he is too. So the person that everybody was picking outside of Boomer was this young lady. And she always was an A student in school or whatever. And she got through like about 40-something books. But she she failed miserably, you know. She got through a lot of them, but she didn't get through, a, you know, most of them. And so you can say, look, if, if it wasn't a church setting, if we went to the church, you probably would see money exchange, you know, at that <laughs> point, you know. So right. And then her sister, who also is a good student, came up. She only got like thirty something the books, you know. So like forty, I think she got like thirty eight and forty three. When Boomer came up, Boomer was the last one to go. Boomer named. 65 out of 66 books and Damn. named the 66 book but that was only it was after we had called time and he said it though he said it after we called time on it you know but he wow. went when i say he went through the books leonard he one after another he you know started with genesis he just went right through the the whole bible and me and my been the pastor looked at each other and said wow you know but these kids, you know, those kids have always been capable. And, you know, that kid, he graduated from Delaware with a degree oh, wow. <laughs> last year. You know, so, um, so you know, they're out here doing these things and they're doing, and we've done a couple stories in the past with children with autism, you know. So, you know, we talked about how they, how they are able to, if you ever dealt with an autistic child, there's there's certain things that you always know that they're going to do. First of all, they're very, very unapologetically honest. Have you ever noticed that? I I think so. Yeah, like most autistic people cannot lie. They tell the truth when they, even if they're not trying to tell you what's going on they tell it because that's, you know, they'll tell it in the way they talk, you know, and they just have that thing about lying. If you ever been around one, they just will not lie. And then they're very determined. If they get something in their mind, they're determined to get it done. And this young lady, I'm sure is one of those types of people who's got it in their mind that she was going to get into this beauty business and make it work. You know, she had a beauty bar and then she opens a school. Who does that? <laughs> you right. know, who does that kind of stuff? You know, have, have you ever dealt with any autistic people on, you know, on a regular basis yourself? Um, to be honest, not that I know of. And, you know, I, I think probably most people, they don't want to be labeled as autistic. So, you know, they may not, you know, tell me. So I, I may not know, but um, not not that I know of. Yeah.
they're they're pretty they're pretty interesting. If you ever study them, if you were a person like you know, my degrees in psychology, so I always pay attention to how people move and stuff like that and how they act. And you know, one thing I've noticed about because I've been around a few of them, and one thing they're very regimented. You know, like they like doing the same thing all the time. You know, and you always wonder what they're thinking because they're always thinking. You know, you always wonder what they're thinking. Um, one of the greatest, one of the greatest um, end of a series that I ever saw. You know, when the series went off for the, you know, they showed the final show and everything. One of the best series endings I ever saw was a show called Saint Elsewhere from back in the day, and there was the the doctor who was the head of the hospital uh, had an autistic son. And, you you know, he cared very deeply for this child. And the child, you know, all the people that worked at the hospital, they knew the child and everything. But to make a long story, what made the show so, what made the ending so unique and so great was that when the show ended, there was a lot of stuff that went on at the hospital that was caused the hospital to close. You see, the kid had the snow globe that he would always play with and look at his shake for the snow to fall. Well, at the end, you see him shaking the snow globe and everything that had happened with this hospital over the years that they were on TV or whatever was in his head. He had made it all up from person to person, from thing to thing. And and all was because he was looking, because there was a replica of the hospital in the snow globe. Gotcha. So, so it was pretty cool how they ended it. And I was like, that was a great ending. But that's how they are. They keep all this stuff in their head, and that's how they think. So, right. But I'm so proud to see that this young lady has, has done what she's done. And then she's gotten a partnership with uh, McDonald's, um and and i'm sure other people and it's just cool that you're able to to develop these type of situations and and make them into something groundbreaking and and um and a big achievement so hats off to Aaliyah, who uh she actually got her name from the singer by the way um (laughs) so um um but um you know hopefully she continues to be doing the big things that she's doing. And, um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure that we'll be hearing a lot of stories from her as we go along. 21 years old folks, you know, you know, um, just imagine what, what she probably will have going on by the time she's 30. So, yeah. So that's a great, that's a great story. Uh, this is a type of, you know, I you know, so far, two great positive stories. Let's hope that we can continue. <laughs> you know, so um, uh, you got anything to say about that? No, I mean, you know, kudos. You know, uh, she she may be another one instead of giving her son or daughter uh, forty acres, she may be giving you know two salons and two salons yeah, and go. a nail studio. <laughs> yep, that that's right. Yep, that's right. Um, um. It's it's amazing because when you get this kind of generational wealth, um, you can do that kind of stuff. You know, um, right now, our you know we got some smart and and, and industrious and and achievement uh, achieving young people out here. And matter of fact, I'm getting ready. The next story I'm getting ready to talk about is uh, another young person doing big things. So this is you know. So all these stories kind of fell on my lap today, just talking about young people. And I've never seen this before. So this black team from Illinois with a 4.54 GPA breaks high school, high school's 159 year old record. I didn't know you could have a GPA that high. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, um, if if you're taking advanced placement classes, oh, if you get an A, okay. okay, yeah, if, if you get an A in advanced placement classes, they actually count as a, a five instead of four points. 
See, none of that went on when I was a kid. You know, we didn't have it. You know, 4.0 was the highest you were going to get. I mean, right, you know, right. You know, but you guys got all these advanced classes and everything. So that takes you over to 4.0. So, but this young lady um, in 2020, her name is Nina, Nina uh, Mitchell. And she was 17 at that time. Um, she was a, st- a student from DeKalb, um, Illinois, made history when she became the first black Excuse me. The first black female valedictorian in our high school's 159-year history. She also broke the high school's record by earning a 4.54 GPA. In her high school years, Mitchell served as president of the Ironer Society and Key Club. She was also the founder of the Spanish Honor Society. A founder, a founding member of the peer mediation um, program, a member of the Spanish club, a part of the principal's advisory board. She also enjoyed playing volleyball and, and track. Um, she was uh, running track. How do you find time to do all of that? I know, stay oh, busy. God. Yeah, wow. Mitchell was very much involved in her community too. She was a legislative member of the Illinois YMCA Youth and Government, a member of the Youth Advisory Council, a member of the Youth Engaged in Philanthropy. The lamp I can I could never say that word. Philanthropy. Philanthropy. Um, uh, yeah, hey, I uh, yeah, yeah, philanthropy. There you go. Where she became the first black chair. This girl was not playing. She was she was in everything. Whenever she was had free time, there you go. Mitchell enjoyed reading and playing Scrabble with her two older brothers, who uh, she who she probably never let win. Who also also academic achievers and graduated sixth and seventh in their class. She credits her family for supporting her and her achievements. Um, I didn't get there get here alone. She said on Good Morning America, my parents set the set me up for success, and my brothers inspired me you imagine um you imagine being that smart and being set up that way um not at uh, all yeah and, and then she had a great her grandmother um graduated as valedictorian uh, from walker high school in coldwater mississippi in 1959 mm-hmm. so her grandmother also was part of her inspiration as well. Um, man, she said uh, Mitchell was, accept- was accepted to multiple universities she applied to, including Harvard, Stanford, Northwestern, and we know those three schools are all academic universities uh, with high academics, and the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign where she is currently, that's where she goes to school, a business honor student majoring in finance and double minoring in political science and African-American studies. Um, after college, she plans on going to Harvard Law School. I wonder I wonder where she got that idea from. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that sounds so familiar, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know. and, and and I'm sure we already know she's gonna be a 4.0 student. Yeah, or yeah, or unless or, she's or, or better. Oh, there you go. <laughs> unless, unless she's taking advantage of so. Um, so um it's it's just unbelievable that we have these kids out here, man. They're making these big they're making these big moves. I couldn't imagine being that smart though. <clears throat> well, Dave, you know, I always tell people my freshman year G- GPA was a one point five. My grade, my average was C D, C D, C D. So with that said, congrats to her because uh, it, it it definitely wasn't me. Now my my other did you tell years, people you work for a bank? Did you tell people you work for a bank because you got all those CDs? <laughs> no, uh-uh. <laughs> no. My 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 dad had a stern interaction with me after that freshman year. <laughs> And, I'm uh, sure he did. I'm sure and, he and did. And my, my, my grades rapidly picked up after that. 
Yeah, well, you know, you come from a family of educators, so I'm sure, you know, you you had to get yourself together, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, he 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 got me together. He did. <laughs> did he did he come down to the school? No, but um, and you have them time where you're scared to go home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. you already well, know, you already know what's going to happen because you didn't mess up, right? Yeah, yep. uh, no doubt about. But it. see, these kids, these kids are different though, because you know, I I I, I learned when my it really so much with my older kids, but my younger, my youngest son, I just remember how all the classes, like from middle, when he got in middle school, he went to Skyline Middle School. And that was the first time that I ever heard him talk about these honor classes and everything. And how, you know, you had to take honor. Honors had to take honors that it seemed like all the cool kids were taking that. If you wasn't in any honors classes, you wasn't cool. You know, to be in, you know, with the group. And that was the do. Um, and so when he, he, there were a couple of classes that he couldn't get into the honors classes. He was upset about it because he was just taking regular, like English, regular math. And everybody was like, Oh, you ain't in the honors class? <laughs> you know, that type of thing. So and they give you the side eye or throw that shade look at you. So Right, right. But when you're doing honors classes, when you're doing honors classes like this, and you're getting that 4.54 GPA, yeah, and the that, first, black, first black female to ever be valedictorian at her school, I can imagine, you know, what that must have been like. So that must have been a very good look for her. And I'm sure she's gonna make it to Harvard and do do what she did, make it do what it do, like somebody else we all know, and you know, and that'd be all right. So, um, so my hats off, um, to Miss Mitchell, and and um, um, I just thought that was a cool story when I saw that. I was like, because yeah, I, I thought, look, I was an honor student and everything in school. Were but, you? Uh, oh wow! Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was an honor student. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, don't, don't be so. Don't be so surprised, man. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm very surprised. Yes, I'm very surprised. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 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 I, you know, I held it down. I held it down in school. Yeah, I did. So, um, but I would look. I wouldn't be an honor student today. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. You right. know, I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to put. That, no wonder most of these kids have so much pressure, you know, and, and, you know, that's how a lot of the kids are dealing with the stress levels that they're dealing with because they're trying to keep up their grades and all of that kind of stuff, trying to keep up with the other kids that are probably in their classes. That's why we have the problems that we have. Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, so. All right. So what we got next? All right, so um, our next story was something that I was not aware of, and I saw it flash in front of me. I was like, oh, okay, let me take a look at it. So, Dave, have you ever used the software called Calendly? No. Mm -mm. All right, so Calendly is a is kind of like a calendar scheduling um, software. So basically how it works is that um, – so – Let's say you are a manager. You know, you would set up your calendar. You would set spots when you are available. And like when you're available um, on your calendar, that will show available. And if you had a lot of meetings, instead of going back and forth, well, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do that? You would send people a link to your calendar. They would only see your available time and they will schedule a meeting. When they schedule a meeting, you get an email, they get an email, and, um, you know, that, that's pretty much how it works. So, now, what I did not realize is, and, and th this is a, a pretty widely used software, and what I didn't realize is that the inventor of the software is a black man, uh, specifically mm. a Nigerian, um, well, Nigerian-born, but now a Nigerian an American, his name is Topi Awatona, and forgive me if I, I uh, pronounced it wrong, but 
This, his software is so popular, and I and I, I I've used it many times and subscribed to it many times, and it, it does great. He is the first Nigerian American tech billionaire, and the second black tech billionaire in the United States after David Stewart, who's worth like six or seven million dollars, uh, six right. or seven you know, billion dollars. I'm sitting here listening to you talk about this guy, but you remember that list that we went over with the top black um, billionaires? Both of those uh -huh. guys were on that list. You know oh, that, okay. right? Was he on there too? Okay. Yeah, he was on there. He was on there. That name, that name looked familiar, and I just it just dawned on me. Yeah, he was on that list. Yeah, and so, David Stewart was definitely, and David Stewart was definitely on there. Oh yeah, so. definitely. And um, so you know, just looking at his background, he came from humble beginnings in Lagos, Nigeria. And when he was 12 years old, he watched his dad get shot and killed by a criminal who stole their car. Um, because of this, he fell into deep depression and could not eat or sleep for months. Uh, his mom wanted a better life for him and his family, and she moved him to the United States. Um, while he was in the United States, he graduated from college. He worked in tech sales. And during his time in tech sales, he noticed how much time he was wasting scheduling sales meetings and decided to create a tool out of it that would help him schedule appointments without sending back and forth emails. So he put all his savings into Calendly, quit his job. And, you know, now Calendly is a $3 billion business. So, you know, I, I thought this was just another great story that, um, you know, just kind of highlighted one person in the tech field who is, it was really making a difference. And, you know, the one thing about Calendly is they, a lot, a lot, a lot of people use it. It's a great software. And now that I know it's black owned or, you know, black owned, you know, it just kind of makes me feel even better about using Calendly. Yeah. I have to, I have to take a look at that. Um, I know we have a certain software well it's a microsoft software that we use for setting appointments and so forth at work uh <clears throat> i've never used any particular appointment type programs as far as my personal life is concerned uh, when it comes to meetings and stuff like that i've never used it but then i will take a look at it and and, and see if it's something that i might want to use um, as far as the future is concerned, because that that does sound like a great program to have. It's funny as you were reading about his father and the mother moving him here, and then him being a billionaire. That story kind of sounds a little bit familiar. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, did we check to make sure that he doesn't have any um, crime fighting um, um, uniforms <laughs> in his closet or anything? Right. <laughs> you know, he's not. Some he vibranium. Wasn't, he wasn't in New York, was he? He didn't. He, he's not living in New York, is he? You know. I mean, he he may be in Gotham or any place like that. You know. So I'm just yeah. saying, you know, because that story sounded like the story of uh, other, you know, some other billionaire that we've always heard or about. You know, right? You know, Brucey Bruce. You know. <laughs> you know. So mm -hmm. so, but um, but no, that's 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 great. It's it, don't you get mad though, Leonard? Okay. Uh, and this is me being me. Don't you get mad when you hear stories like this, even though it's a great story and we're, you know, we're always proud, especially when we're doing big things and all these stories have been great stories. But don't you get mad when somebody takes something that seems so simple and they make all of that money and you be mm -hmm. saying, now, would that have happened for me if I did the same thing? You know what I'm right, saying? Exactly. You know, and I guess being, you know, that whole thing about being in the right place at the right time is always so true. I mean, um, you know, uh, you know, you you know, you and I have talked about the the in the past about the whole story I told you about the whole Home Depot thing, uh -huh. and, you know, yeah. and uh, the missed opportunities. You know, we talked about you know when Bitcoin first came out, and you know, and all the cryptocurrency stuff. Of course, it's right. not so big. You know, things aren't popping like they were before, but, you know, but even still, Bitcoin is still around. Um, but, you know, you, you think about these little opportunities that people have developed um, 
and you know uh it's like picking up a piece of chalk and you write something on on the ground what the Look, look at the uh, extreme sport people, you know, with the skateboard and, and roller skates and, 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 and boogie boards and all that kind of stuff. All they're doing is just doing what they've always done. Right. But exactly. they made it into something completely different. And you say to yourself, I've known guys who skateboarded all their lives. <laughs> you know, and, you know, like I said, timing is everything. Doesn't it make you mad, though? I mean, yes and no. I mean, because you know some stuff we would have never thought of anyway. Well, but true. you know some 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 of the simpler stuff, yeah, definitely. You know, because I, I I think everybody would like to jump on that bandwagon and take it somewhere. You know, one of the things one of the things that that really really gets me my blood boiling about something that's simple, something simple that somebody did. What's that? It, you know the little sticky things that people put the clear sticky things that people uh, put on envelopes and so forth. The uh, or they, it's like a gummy. It's real gummy, and they yeah, use it. Uh, yep, to like seal it. <laughs> yeah, to seal it. That just seems like something that somebody was just fooling around with with their fingers one day. They said, "Oh, I'm gonna stick it on here. Oh, maybe this will help me close this envelope." <laughs> right. You know. That kind of stuff really drives me crazy. Or the plastic bubbles that you do for shipping and so forth. You know, um, you know, somebody came up with that, you know, and made a fortune out of that. Um, you know, or 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 just the uh, uh or or you know, the type of filling, you know, the stuff the the stuffers that you put in the envelopes the to, to make sure something fragile doesn't break or something like that, you know. So these are all kind of things that, you know, you could probably take something from your house or, you know, that you find around the house and just mold it into something and then put it out there and sell it. Um, it's, it's just amazing to me, you know, I, and, and, and you just don't understand what makes a, what makes something hit, you know, um, uh, would make something hit, and then, um, and then it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. For yourself, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, but I'm just saying. But anyway, I'm just going on a tangent because you know, uh, you know, I want to create a calendar too. <laughs> you know? right, well, so, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it, it's uh, never too late. You just gotta find out yeah, what, what that true. need is. Yeah, I know. That's what we gotta do. That's what we gotta do. All right. Well, I guess we'll. Uh, and you guys have been listening to news and trends with Dave and Len. Uh, we really appreciate you um, spending time with us and, and listening to our show. We're gonna move into Dave's right quick. And um, like I said, my my friend, my part favorite time uh, time of the show, do. Dave's Corner, you know, even though he's rolling his eyes about that right now. Uh, so, uh, this is the, this is the question I wanted to ask today. If you were invisible for a day, where do you think you would go? You have all, all these places that you can visit or, or show up at. You know, nobody can see you. You're there, and you say to yourself, this would be perfect for me. Uh, and you just sit there like that. Anyway, <laughs> give me, give me, give me your... <laughs> I can't even get this out at the moment. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Give me your 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 most suitable answer at the moment, sir. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Um, you know, I would probably, I would probably want to go to the beach. You know, I just want to go somewhere nobody's going to disturb me. You know, not just peace, quiet, 
I don't have to worry about nobody calling, nobody doing anything, nobody asking anything, you know, and, and really just relax, unbothered. Uh-huh. Okay. A nice safe answer. Um let's see. <laughs> what, what about you? Um I actually have I'm trying to debate on which one I want to say. I got two answers here. I'm trying to figure out which one I want to say. Um I would I would want to go if it allowed me no no that's not going to work cuz I would need a time machine for that. <laughs> so uh, um but um I would want to go to the White House and sit in on just a private meeting with the president of the United States and his cabinet just to see the <laughs> foolishness that would be going on in that room. Um, of course, my ideal time would have been the ghost when Oh Obama yeah, when, so when Trump was yeah. there. Or yeah, or I go when Trump was in there too, just to see the foolishness that went on and see all the craziness. But I would go right now, you know, with where um with Biden being in office, just to sit there and see what really goes on. Of course, I want to know for sure that he's doing everything he's supposed to, because you know the running running joke right now is like you rarely see Kamala and Biden together anymore. You ever notice right. that? No, I mean you, you don't say that at all. Hardly yeah. ever. And hell hardly ever. And and you you wanna know, you know, I really want to know what's really going on with that whole situation, you know? And whether she's distanced herself from him or whether he's distanced himself from her, you know. So because um, uh you definitely do not see the big ringing endorsements for for either from either party on either person right now so yeah i would love to go sit in the white house just to see what really goes on behind the closed door uh to see if it's like a tyler perry show <laughs> you know so. the, the oval <laughs> the oval yeah to see if it's like the oval so uh because just seems like there's you know it seems to be a lot of craziness that we don't know about that I'm sure that goes on behind those closed doors and, and if those walls could talk, I'm sure. So that's probably where I would go. Yeah. So, yep. Um, you know, so, but yeah, that was, that was a good safe answer that you get. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but, um, there you have it folks. That, um, that's our show for tonight. That's everything that we got for you for the, this Tuesday, and um, like I said, we're it's always a pleasure hearing from hearing from you guys when you guys uh, give us feedback. Um, oh, I meant to ask you: Did you hear anything from um, our guest, Miss Tyre, as far as her show? Her Easter no, show? you know, I sent her a um, email today to ask how it went. Um, I believe the turnout was pretty well, so I'm, I'm sure it was a good event. Yeah, I'm sure um, I because I mean she had a lot of you know I mean I couldn't I couldn't imagine why it wouldn't be a great turnout because she had a lot to offer people in her and Kim on Congo um, so um, yeah I have to reach out to her and see how she did so but um, um, you have anything you want to say before we sign off? Uh, no, just just a regular you know wish everyone has a great week. Make sure you catch us on Friday uh, six p.m. for the weekend roundup. And, uh, you know, everyone be safe out there. Uh, yes, you definitely uh, want to make sure you tune in for the weekend roundup. I had somebody to send me. I have to find out. I'll tell you uh, later on when I get a chance to find it. Somebody did send me a note about Friday's show. Talked about, about y'all left out so many Yeah. You left out this person. You left out that person. I was like, well, you should have you should have texted me. <laughs> told me right. earlier, you know. You know, so. 
but yeah, um, said yeah, y'all missed out on a lot of great characters. I said okay, all right, all right. We well, we only had ten that we were given. Right, so exactly, we give about fifty. So, so, but anyway, I just thought I'd tell you that. But we're going to say good night to everybody. Tune in on Friday for our weekend roundup, and have a great evening. And we'll talk to you soon. next week ladies and gentlemen for another edition of news and trends with your hosts dave and lynn